This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Yes, this is how we count in Spanish. And that's how they count at the end of... Um, this is how you count if you're Dominic Toretto. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I'm going to... Does with, Dominic Toretto count? I'm, he understands... Is a what? Just does he count at all? He understands fractions because he, he um, he's a big fan of the quarter mile. True. Loves miles. Does he know... Yeah, I guess he knows about miles. Because he's raced the Cuban mile, mm-hmm. I think he doesn't. I think he doesn't understand traditional numbers. I think he only understands um, abstractions as they relate to street racing. So I don't think he knows what a dozen is. I think he knows what a baker's dozen is. I don't think he knows where it comes from. Imperial and Dominic Toretto's counting system. Yes, and he counts in. Uh, so distances are in quarter miles. That's his unit of measure for distance. All right. Which means he has to measure himself and like how what a fraction of a quarter mile he is. Yeah. So what's a mile? A mile is like, was it 1.3 kilometers? I 1300. Think a, a prox- so a quarter would be uh, uh, 1263. What is it? Like 280 meters. So he, he would be like, I'm... I'm an eleventh of a quarter mile. Yeah, <laughs> tall. The the thing is, he created the system to make numbers more straightforward for him. Yeah, and even just as illustrated by you, then the amount of maths it requires to. But it's just cause, it's because we're used to a base ten system. This like yeah. to him, it is intuitive. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Is it? It's at his fingertips. So All goes, of the stuff. It, there, but there's no half or three quarter mile. It, it goes straight from the quarter mile to the Cuban mile. Oh, yeah, but he's got metric uh, fractions of quarter the miles. Reason he so loves- th- here's where you're getting tripped up. You think of the quarter mile as a quarter of a mile. It's not. It's its own thing. Yeah. The quarter mile is just one. Yeah. 
The reason that he calls it the Domin I Can Republic and he runs all of his money through there is yes. because he has um, reconstituted their financial system to run through his new his numbers. That's he's never short of cash. No, you can't be. You can't be when you're printing the money. Yeah, that's why we got to audit the Fed. <laughs> and that's why we've got to get Dom and out it, you of can't, Republic. You cannot audit Dom Toretto's books because only he understands his maths. Yeah. Like he's, like, the, he's <laughs> like Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. Someone gets his notebook and they're like, the maths on this doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense. But it actually does. You just have to the be IRS Dom cannot, They cannot run those numbers because <laughs> yeah. it's bulletproof. Speaking of money. That's what you've got to do. You've got to develop your own language that's, that's completely unmoored. It's not like, um, you know using symbols in the place of letters that are in English. Yeah. You've yeah. got to go wholesale, start from scratch, create your own language. Little guy, spit a geek, get a king. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to speak gibberish. Yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> like speaking gibberish. Oh. That's what I was reaching for. <laughs> nice. But I just want to talk money because Han, obviously, in this movie, they've just put off the heist in Brazil. Forgive me if I've done this before. He's got $11 million. Yeah. Spending a lot of time hanging outside of high schools. Yes. Here's what Han does in this movie. He yeah. eats... He hangs outside of a Japanese high school. Yeah. He polices the age of consent. One of the only people in this movie to be telling people, hey, there's an age of consent. Policing's a strong word, but he's certainly keeping an eye on it. He's aware of it. He's aware of it. He's, he's, he's commenting. He's ribbing people. Tone policing. He's tone yeah, policing he's tone, the age of he's consent. He's tone policing. And he's also um, like running errands for... De- he's like, he's saying he's not worried about money. And then he's worrying about money. He's skimming money off of DK. He's he's saying he's not worried about money because he's got money coming in from his DK operation, I think. I you don't think he's got eleven million and he's just whiling away how, that pile? It's interesting to think about how much money is eleven million really. Well, in two thousand and six when the movie was filmed, quite a lot. Yeah. In two thousand and twenty when the movie is set three a houses. A little bit less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're using old phones for twenty twenty. It's not 2020. It's 2020. It's not. It is. I'm not going to have this conversation with you again. It's important to me. It's, it can be, it can be, the events can be set after F7, right? Is it mm. 7 and 8? That it's yeah, between? I think. So. They can be set after 7, but I'm, I'm not going to say that it's 2020 in this film. Oh, well, what do you? What do you? What? What is it then? Is there what a, is it then? No, is, no, 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 well, no, no. But that's the thing. It, it's it's outside of our. In the same way that Dominic Toretto is counting using just a wholesale other system. Like Justin Lin's created his own calendar. numerical system. It's his own calendar. Yeah, and it doesn't work like our one. It it's works ca- differently. Yeah. The calendar, spelt L-I-N. Oh, Lin, got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Justin Lin. The calendar. Jesus. Duh. So it's C-A-L-I-N <laughs> hyphen D-U-H. And if anyone like us wades in and we go, hey, this doesn't make sense. He goes, well, it does in the calendar, you dumb bitch. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I like a calendar that's got uh, some real sass on it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got a toot. It's like, you know those talking toot. cards, you open up a card and it sings happy birthday to you? For sure. Yeah. When you open up this calendar, <laughs> it says, bitch. It's now, fuck face. <laughs> if you, if you, if you, uh, if you what look, day is it today? Today, yeah. bitch. And if you turn it to go to the next month, it says, um, it's the future, <laughs> you shit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And um, they're like, they're self-combustible. So when you, you can't go back, you can't look back. It's the only thing that matters is That's now. great. I love, yeah, 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 which is so crucial to the calendar in Fast and Furious is that all that exists is the quarter mile you're currently in, the yeah. present. Yeah. 
that's the other thing about this is that like distance and time have a relationship inside mm-hmm. Fast and Furious, unlike how we sort of understand them to be two completely separate yeah. things. So that yeah, we've got the so it's, talking guess, about being in the quarter mile is like the vision of talking about being in the present. Yeah. You know? Just extrapolating this across the entire all of the movies we've seen so far, it does sort of change how you think about things, doesn't it? Because we can't, we do get upset, you know, like um, whether or not Dominic's baby is his baby, or if it's the rocks, you know, just based on the pregnancy timeline. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. if you stretch all of this across, it sort of, it sort of makes a bit more it makes a bit more sense that you know you've got the the quarter mile clock, yeah, and the calendar yes and you think well do you know what you're thinking we've in, made mistakes it's like oh a plot hole you're thinking in old world terms yeah. and you need to start thinking in calendar terms yeah idiot bitch <laughs> yeah you fuck face <laughs> i would like to to know what you think about this idea because um towards the end of the movie you you did a helen mirren impression you did a tarato you know her a helen mirren doing a cockney cockney impression impression I like the idea of, say, let's get Helen Mirren, give me Charlize Theron, uh, give me Jason Statham, and give me Dwayne Johnson. The four of them leaving a Freemasons meeting, being like, do you guys want to go to the cinema? And heading down to Tokyo Drift, watching it in the movies and being like, damn, I'd love one day for this franchise to make space for me you know like <laughs> the idea of helen mirren sitting down in a cineplex and watching fast fury fast and furious tokyo drift and being like one day one day that is that's a great i mean Stath, i could fully imagine that that makes it sense. makes sense for Stath. dame helen even the and the rocket makes sense for if dame helen has watched any fast and furious movie that isn't the one she's in i'll eat my hat i don't think she's watched the one she's in i don't think she has either i'm not as confident <laughs> with that because she might have had to go to the premiere but i'm still like pretty but confident. you know i i um you know that the, the the stars often skip out the screening at the premiere even if they're going to do the q and I went to a screening once for a movie in a film festival with some of the stars <laughs> you're basing this on one time you went to a movie yeah okay and the stars didn't watch the movie and what then, was the movie well, it's, I'm not going to say. Okay. Good on you. Yeah. And then they came back afterwards and did a Q&A about the movie. But they've already seen it. Oh, I see. Oh, so they did a Q&A, but they didn't watch it yeah, alongside. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that, those those people had, you know, presumably those people had seen it. Well, it's interesting. Actors don't often see it that much. If you're the director, mate, you're like sick to the back teeth of it. Can you imagine our mate, what's his name? Tom, who directed Cats. Hooper. Tom Hooper. Um. Like, do you reckon he watched the first premiere? Did they have a premiere event? They would Because by that stage, he would have, like, just, you know, he's still changing some of the visual effects and cutting scenes. He would have. And he would have. Doing work. Do you know what? He's like, handed it he would in, have like, been three so, hours He would have prior. been so close to that for so long, he would have really lost sight. He couldn't see the forest for the trees. And he would have been like, do you know what? I'm going to go. And this could go one of two ways. Yeah. I could have created something absolutely brilliant. But would you want to? Uh, I don't think he went, and I guess maybe he I'm basing. Maybe we're basing this on our two different approaches to like how we would do this. Maybe it's coloring it a bit because I would go. I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. But to do that in front of an audience, when you kind of get a sense that this movie might be a cataclysmic failure and it's cost a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot mm-hmm. of energy over the last like three years of your life. I don't want to have that experience in a room you don't want to filled go. with people. I would be outside smoking cigarettes, and I say that as someone who has never been a smoker, but wow. I would take it up. I don't, I mean, 
if I was Tom Look, Hooper. I, I, it would fill me with anxiety. Actually, it, that dovetails quite nicely into an observation we both made because we were speculating. We've been speculating. What does Han see in? What does Han see in Sean? You know, why does he take this young American who's just smashed up a car young under his American, wing? Young American, young American. He is a young. Well, he's not that young. He is an American, and I think what it is is in his first race with DK, when he doesn't have any idea about drifting, and he smashes up Han's car mm-hmm. really hard. Yes, and he arrives at the top of the car parking building, and it's what it's, is that? Is that a mall or something? It's like a multi-level car park. A, that I think there's this car, you know, sure car parks are their own thing. Mm-hmm. A car park building doesn't actually need to be attached to anything; it needs to be approximate to something. You're right about that, man. It can just be a structure. I've seen them. You know, take Auckland's um, ports, for example. Mm-hmm. One of the probably most iconic and um, valuable pieces of land in the city. All car park, all the time. I love that. It's incredible. It just it speaks the it CBD, speaks what the city's all about. You've got a big road. and Dumb ideas and cars. Then you've just got cars. But So he, he arrives at the top of the building. He's, he's lost by a significant margin. He's humiliated himself. He's smashed up the car. But he finishes the race. I can't imagine uh, the flush of humiliation that I imagine is coursing through him that would be coursing through me would basically prevent me from fin- like you know if I know everyone's on the rooftop waiting yeah. for this yeah and I've just moved to Tokyo you've wasted a like hundred thousand dollar car I've been talking to shit to everyone yeah. I don't think I would I would just park on the second level up and I'd just get out Same. I'd get in the lift and I'd leave a hundred percent Sean fucking owns it he yeah. rocks it he goes up to the top. Everyone's sort of laughing at him. The car's smoking. It's been smashed up. He sits in there. Everyone sort of looks. They're, they're peering at him. You know, he's, a, he's in a new country. He's, he's, he would feel so hot mm. with shame. Mm. But he doesn't wear it. Maybe he doesn't understand the concept of shame. This is what Guy and I were talking about during the screening of the film. Sean is one of two things in this movie. He's either too dumb to recognize the situation he's often in or a courageous hero figure. And it is impossible to tell which one well, of those two things is the case. Well, this is the brilliance of Lucas Black's performance as he's kind of playing it both ways. <laughs> it's um, it's quite subtle. It's quite nuanced. And uh, it's something that a lot of actors aren't capable of. You know? Yeah. Most actors make a decision for you. They'll give you one thing. So that when you're watching it, you think, I know how this character feels. Yeah. Only the truly upper echelon, the top percent of the quarter mile of actors okay um the the top percent of the quarter the top quarter mile of actors how many actors fit into a quarter mile you've got to ask yourself uh just running some numbers very quickly i think it's 87 87 to a quarter mile that's so good 87 feels like it's a prime number is it no what goes into it? Some div- something divisible by three, yeah, because eight plus no. seven is fifteen. Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Five plus Cause nine nines are eighty one. Is that right? I think. And then that's not a problem. Chuck some threes in, and you've got some numbers. Seven. Some numbers they just they you look at them, you think that's a prime number. There's no planet that that's not a prime number, and then you find out it's divisible by something. Yeah, and it knocks your fucking socks off. So it's three two three's the one that throws you. Three's working hard. Yeah. People talk a lot about two, like, and to be fair, two is, but two is sort of obviously working hard. Like, two is the only even prime number, and then every other even number is like, no, I guess two goes in. Two feels like it shouldn't be a prime number as well. It's getting in on a technicality. 
no, 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 no. That's not fair. That's not counted. fair. That's not fair. It's too small to be counted. But no, but you're counting one, you're counting three, you're counting five, you're counting seven. Yeah. They're all small. One's tiny. One it feels different. Get this. I think it's because two's even. It feels yeah, like yeah. it shouldn't be there. But two's sort of obviously working hard. It's kind of show no, I want to say showboating, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Three. It's like we're, there are numbers that you're like nothing goes into this, and then three's like I'm so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and no three's like actually yeah 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 hi <laughs> somebody hi. ask somebody ask for me hi everybody three's here and I've brought a quarter mile of uh, what are they called factors with me mm. that you wouldn't even believe my shi- I'm going to throw my shining light because I'm okay. so scared I'm going to forget it and you actually brought it up in the screening so this is sort of bad okay. But I stand by it. Okay. And I hope it also isn't your shining light. Okay. Although I think you... Just tell me what it is. You said something was your shining light. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I do. Cool. Um, mine is the point of view shot from the engine's perspective when they bust the hood open after Han has died that's, and they need to Frankenstein two cars together. It's an iconic shot. They open the hood and suddenly we're not looking down into the car. We are now the car looking up at the gang. Yeah. And there's about nine people all fanned out um, over the bonnet looking at the camera. It's great. It's a great shot. It's, uh, a lot of people saying that's where they got the idea for Disney's cars. That shot. Well, that, they're like, like, whoa. What if we look at the world whoa. from the car's point it's of view? a totally different angle. I love that shot in virtually any film. Mm. I think I'd just like to give a huge shout out to the pioneers of cinema who realized that if we put a camera down low yeah. and have everyone peering over it, like yeah. it's a hole or a, an, an engine or anything, it's a beautiful way of getting everyone in frame. It's, 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 it feels quite Renaissance painter to mm. me, you know. There's something about it's the nice. layout. It's also like um, people take photos like that, actually, you know, on their smartphones. It's true. And like I like get everyone in on the selfie, and they'll, and they'll look around like that. And I that's think, a cool photo. It's I a like cool. That. Fo- I like. Well, it I've too. seen Rose in a bunch of those. Rose Mudderfield takes a bunch of those. She's on, she's got her finger on the pulse too. Yeah, she does. She's cool. Mm. She knows how to take a photo. I've got to start taking some more photos like that. I've I've been I've been having a really bad time. Not bad time as in um, like struggling. I just forget. I haven't taken photos. You know, and like they've been. Um, Things, events of which I wish we'd taken photos. Actually, after we had people over on Saturday, you you came over. Chelsea yeah, had people awesome. over and um, didn't take any photos. And then I thought, you know what we need? We need to have a disposable camera in the house at all times. And you just got it out so that you can see it. Or one of those um, uh, Polaroids. Yeah. Is the other option. They're always fun at a wedding. They do go. They, I mean, they do go well. It's, a, it's a sort of a done thing at a wedding. You had a disposable, what was it, last summer? Yeah, you rocking around with that, and the photos were awesome. Yeah, from memory, you get some you great. You get some great photos. You're gonna get some great photos. It's expensive, is the thing. How much does it cost to get a roll of film developed uh, these I days th- from a disposable camera? I think it would probably be two elevenths of a quarter mile. That's I can't even pass. Well, that. I don't know what that is in NZD. You'd need to get a currency okay. converter. <laughs> <Sweeties>. <laughs> Okay. What was the other example of Sean, Lucas Black, where he's either an idiot or a hero? Straight we, afterwards. So he's, something he's, else he's Han. smashed up Han's car. Yeah. And then Han, after school the next day, Han, $11 million in his oh, pocket. Yeah. He says, get in. And they go for a drive and he's sort of explaining to him that he's in his... 
Sean's in Han's pocket now. He's yeah. saying, I don't care if you're sick as a dog or in bed with Beyonce. When I call, you show. And this, I mean, it's like, it's. I think it's a tough line to sell. And I don't know that he totally does, but also. I think it's poetry, that. The Dude. word, yeah, I, that one fucking works for me. Sick as a dog or in bed with Beyonce. Word economy's good. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. But anyway, sorry, yes. And uh, so they go and he's, he's basically, Han's sort of putting him to the test. He's got to go and collect some money that is owed to Han. And they go to like a, I don't know what the name of it is, but it seems like a, sort a bath. Of Japanese bath style bath place. Yeah. And uh, he says, go in there. You'll get the money from the guy who's got a paw tattoo on his shoulder. And he goes and there's like a man, a- No, he just sees a man with a paw. Yeah. Because Sean goes, a man with a paw? Yeah. And Han's just like, yeah. And it's a sumo wrestler or someone yeah. who has the stat- the stature the physical presence of a sumo wrestler. And uh, Sean is like, has to tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, I got your money. And then we see him getting thrown out of the baths. And, you know, anybody, he gets back up like a Looney Tunes character and you see his like legs spinning <laughs> and then he runs back in and then he gets thrown back out again. Yeah. You think this fucking guy is like, he's, he's, proving, he's proving to have some value here. He's tenacious, but it's impossible to tell whether the tenacity comes from a lack of intelligence or a sort of internal courage that he's mm. drawing from. And, he and I like that ambiguity. He plays it perfectly. Um, Who directed this? Martin Scorsese? You'd think so, but no, it's Justin Lin. <laughs> this movie is really beautiful. Like, I really noticed it this watch. There was a shot that I said out loud where um, we're, we're just on Lucas Black when he's in Han's garage, I think, and there's just... There's a particular lighting thing where they put like there's a, I can't remember the name for it, but it's when you get a shadow cast right in the there's a triangle in your cheek. Oh really? And it's like in reference to oh yeah, it's one of the Renaissance painters. Really? Rembrandt. Rembrandt lighting is what it's called. Really? And I like I just saw I you know it came really? up on the TV. I was like fuck that shot looks good. And then I really started paying attention. And then that's you, what they're doing. What are you What are you doing? When you're- <laughs> When you're walking around in the world <laughs> and you've got sort of information inside of you. Who knows? Where does it come from? No, I don't know. Is just... it nice when you get to let it out? <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see it on screen. And it's and it's kind of like it's surprising how how many times in this movie you can really appreciate the cinematography. Well, it's just nice to be in Tokyo, isn't it? It's beautiful. The shots are really impressive. There's one. I still can't for the life of me figure out how they did it. Unless they did like a pretty bloody good job on the CGI. So I just assume everything in this movie is real because it was oh, seven, six, six seven. There's, six. A, there's like two shots where it's like, okay, that's a computer. Six slash 20. Yeah, true. That quarter mile. The quarter mile that occupies 2006 and 20. But there's one weird, wicked crane shot where they're on... What did they call the mountain? The mountain where yeah. he's got a race. There's one, mountain DK. The, there's one mountain in Tokyo. One mountain, Mount DK, and they have to race downhill th- on that. And there's a, this big sweeping shot where it goes from Sean down to the valley. No, sorry, the cars are racing. Maybe it shows you up the top with the cars and then it sweeps down the valley to give you a sense of how far they could fall mm. down. And then it swoops around and then it follows the cars as they've turned a corner down below, downhill. It's, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy there's a shit thing that there's, a, there's a sort of uh, Scorsese-style shot as well when Han and Sean are getting along and they arrive at like a nightclub and they get out of the car and they walk in through this door and it's sort of the, the main public entrance to the nightclub and 
you know, Sean's sort of blown away. It's his first time out in Tokyo. Then, but the, and the camera's sort of following both of the movements. There's no cuts that I could see. And then they go through like a back channel into another private room. It's probably like 30 seconds to a minute long. And it's kind of like you you watch that and you think that's a, that's nice. Deeply impressive. It's nice what you've done. This is there is something about the if you went and got the average shot length from F9 like in between cuts. Yeah. It you know across the entire movie it's probably about 6 seconds. This movie it's probably like 20. And there yeah. is something about that to just when we're racing fast cars, I want to watch them. I want to stay with them. You know, mm. but I mean the 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 race scenes still involve. But it's not as frenetic as it is in yeah. the in the later ones. If you can even cast your mind back to that quarter mile when we started this, yeah. Off. I just I just want to circle back to you having all this information in your head. Um, how does it get in? Internet. And how often do you get to use it? I don't know. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to. So that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you remember. And the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Like, the percentage of stuff you know... How how often does it like? Guy, what, you're a man in the world. What percentage of in the information head? in your head do you actually use? I have no idea. It's a really hard question to try and well get your head answer. around it. Is it half six percent? Well, what do you mean use? Like it comes like either there's utility, yeah, <laughs> or it comes out like, of conversation. What, what percentage or of what you have in your brain is actually use as as a function? Oh, very little. Yeah, very little. What number do you? What have? about you? If you had to put a percent on it, I've, I'm going to stick with six. Oh, it's got to be more than that. 
I think you got a lot of sports in there, buddy. Oh, yeah, like a lot of cabinets full of sports. But, but I guess in the sense that I'm watching sports, I'm using that information. Interesting. To contextualise the experience of watching the sports. Well, then I'd probably have to rethink how I'm assessing utility. Yeah. For my number. I'm going to say it's 25. Wow. Yeah. That's good. That's efficient. Thank you. 75% of it's not doing anything. Do you remember what your shining light is? Yeah. It's um, it's one of a few things that I guess it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural difference beat. It's kind of a comedy beat. Not a lot comes of it, but it's after Sean's arrived in Tokyo. He moves in with his dad, who's not in the Navy. And uh, his dad's living in this, it's quite small. He's like on the, the ground floor. I don't know if it's a traditional apartment or if it's like a sort of makeshift because he appears to be next to a garage which we see later on he keeps his car yes so anyway it's um it's quite small living quarters and there's a curtain in this little sort of um wardrobe style place where he's got a bed set up and he goes in there it's his first night and he pulls the curtain back to see what's outside and it's just a glass pane directly into the (laughs) house next door and there's an elderly or older japanese woman who's eating noodles who just sort of looks at him and smiles and um I just think it's important it's acknowledged. You know, like I've enjoyed it every time. I think, I think, wow, yeah, this is different from America. And, um, you know, I, 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 we don't know what she's watching and we don't know what she's up to. Because she's watching and, telly, isn't she? Yeah. And we don't know what she thinks about her neighbor or anything that is um, that follows. But we know she's there. It's just reminded me. I guess we've got phones now, so it's not as important. But there was this really cool moment in like the late 90s or maybe even earlier where Japan started producing portable televisions. Oh. Did you ever see those? Yeah. Like I hand, wanted one so hand, badly. Same. It's like so cool. Like a handheld battery operated TV yeah, yeah. with an aerial that you could just walk around and watch. I remember That's seeing those. So that was cool. That was one of the things I wanted the most in the world. I thought it was so cool. Totally understandable. I... There was something about... I don't think... I don't think the current generation understands that they were like oh maybe they do they would they would so for um, me kind of go off roughly my version of that right was that my eldest brother had a game an original game boy yeah. like black and white yeah grayscale iconic square yeah. game boy and it was a beautiful item but you couldn't play it that much because batteries mm. it would run through bad because it took four double a's i it think, did yeah and it would just run through them pretty pretty too sweet yeah and I feel like rechargeables existed, but they were like prohibitively expensive. Yeah. At least, you know, you had bank. And it was like, I don't know, there's something about this thing exists. It's so fun. It's so awesome, but I can't really use it. Oh, that, I feel like kids now, they just. Well, right. Did you ever have a discman with anti shock? Yeah, of course. Had a few. Didn't really make a difference, the anti shock. Oh, no, it? I think it did. It just, just and for a little bit. It you, worked for like 12 seconds. Because I. Could be wrong, but I imagine the way that worked is it had a little, like it was saving forward into a little chip. Oh, wow. Like shifting it into a buffer so that if it stopped being able to read the CD, it could default to the buffer. Wow. I'm guessing. Yeah. Because I don't know how else it would work. Using a bit of information to make that guess. Fuck, I miss my mini disc. I know I bring it up a lot, but those things were so good. You're such a... It was the last like tactile media storage thing you know yeah and it, and the the size was delightful 
that is Japan to me. Mini di- mini disc is just like that is Japanese culture, like a beautiful physical object that fucking works, will last forever, and it's just good. Yeah, quality. Um, is the mini disc kicking out. in two thousand six? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We yep. saw. Oh, no, we were sort. Of, we were most. You were up to iPod. Though. Oh, so, iPod yeah, yeah, was yeah. Out. Well, I mean, many just never really kicked popped, off, didn't it? <laughs> Not properly. It had a chance, but then here's what went wrong with many disc. Everyone, because I don't think I've gone into this depth before about okay. it. So Sony, there was a, a bunch of companies who were able to. They all came together to license the so technology. Even as you're talking now, the percentage of information you use is going up. Sony. Sanyo, Panasonic, and a few other companies were able to like produce. Can you tell the me devices. about Sanyo? Nah. Is Sanyo respected or is it kind of a, a, a cheaper alternative? It's a cheaper alternative, yeah. is my yeah, yeah. understanding of it. Sorry, Sanyo. So I think Sony like invented it and then maybe the others, I don't know, helped and they licensed whatever. They had a cross licensing agreement. But with the players, to put like music tracks on the mini disc, you had to use this bit of software from Sony from memory it was called Soundstage and it would use a file format called a track which they invented and I broke three of my family's computers loading the software on <laughs> it, was, it was so terribly written that it would just break computers it was completely like unfunctional holy shit and it wasn't until the very last gasp of mini disc where they were like okay you can just throw an mp3 on it and it'll work and if they had it came out the gate with that i don't think ipod would have had quite the straight yeah the the straight line i miss like i miss organizing my library on my itunes and get putting onto my ipod and like i would download if i downloaded a single track say from limewire i mm. would then find the album cover to like load onto legend so that it was all very orderly and neat and i missed like the relationship that gave me to the music was i and also you i was young so i was discovering a lot more and like but the relationship i had i knew the artist and i knew the song and i knew the album and i knew the album yet now streaming there are songs i love i couldn't even tell you who sings them what's incredible is this exact conversation is what would have been happening when we were you know 12, 13, 14, our parents talking about vinyl. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These kids aren't connected to the music. Well, vinyl... they're just downloading it and putting it on a device. They don't touch the open gate record cover. Vinyl, vinyl might stick around forever. That is unexpe- was unexpected to me, and I think it's cool that vinyl is still cassettes. a thing. Cool bands are putting out cassettes. Bring them back. Oh, I'm wearing a... Pop OD's got cassettes out. This is my brother-in-law's band. Do you, they produce cassettes because they're cool? Why is a cassette cool? Analog. Mm. That's rare. I mean, vinyl's analog. CD's digital. Yeah. Yeah. How is it digital? Digital literally just means there's it's written in binary. So when you break everything down, you get to ones and zeros, which is a bit. And what about, how does this, okay, here's one for you. How does the song get from my phone where the song isn't even, because it's on. <laughs> the song it's, isn't even. The song isn't even on the phone, it's just in the air. How does it go? It's how not does, in the air. How does my it's phone not in the air. put it from where it is not on the phone? How does it put it into the speaker? 
What do you mean? Like Bluetooth or something? Yeah. Why? Do, it's just Bluetooth. I don't know. I don't know, and I don't think anyone cares. People should know that. <laughs> someone knows. Someone made it. We're using. We got it. people on it. People should know it. How does it get? What do you mean? It's There's, not in the air. Where is it then? It's somewhere. It's it's on someone's hard drive. My, this the, is the song. Yeah, this is the thing that people kind of like. I think it, it doesn't happen as much now, but people people would say back in the day, it'd be like, "It's in the cloud. It's in the cloud." It just means it's on someone else's computer. Someone's the cloud got, is just someone else's computer. So there's someone else's computer. It's got all the songs. I don't like mean that it. literally, but like a server somewhere. But it is just sitting on a drive somewhere. There's not a person using it. The computer <sighs> could be. There's someone who's just like using their computer, and I'm storing all my music on there. Well, that's what LimeWire was. Yeah, that's what torrenting that was is. Sick. It's back, baby. As I said last yeah, episode, yeah. the age of torrenting and piracy is back. Who watched this on YouTube movies? They've got um, iPods. Full price. iPods in this movie, which is lovely. In yeah. fact, it's the subject of a um, Bow Wow's got star plot power in this crucial movie. Fight, huh? It's not plot crucial. Oh, hey, fuck all of this. We were gonna. Have you got your phone with you? Oh, I can get it. We need to get into the home improvement cast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So at, at at the start of this movie, as we mentioned in the last uh, last maybe one before last episode, it is. Tim Allen's son from Home Improvement, the eldest of the boys. Don't ask me to name the character because I couldn't tell you. And I'm pretty sure I've already forgotten Tyler Bryan. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's is, the most is Tyler Bryan the one who's the actor who's in this Zachary movie? Zachary Ty Bryan. Zachary Ty Bryan. Yeah, so Zachary Ty Bryan, who's best known uh, from Home Improvement. He played Brad Taylor, the, Brad. Al- the oldest Taylor boy. So then Guy started getting into it yeah this so, watch well i wanted to know because i thought it's interesting this came out long after home improvement and he was like finishing high school and home improvement which finished in 99 as mm-hmm. you figured out because it couldn't have possibly existed in this <laughs> this century or millennia so and this came out in 2006 and so i wanted to know how old he was at the time of release so he was born in 1981 which means that he was 25. So he was 25 when he worked on the movie. And I thought, that's pretty, you know, like 25 playing 18 is, I guess it's American, but it's not crazy. And I was like, then I was like, well, what, you know, like, what became of him? So I went into his um, wiki. Also, I mean, this is for the sports fans. His cousin is um, a failed, well, not failed. He was a he was a college superstar quarterback for Notre Dame. And then he got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. It's called Brady Quinn. It's all by the by. Anyway. It's funny his- that you are, as an athlete, considered to have a failed career if you were pretty good, but not good enough. Whereas if you were I, it, just it's, never it's, any it's good. Just, it's the weight of expectation is what defines whether or not you're a success or a failure. So he was really good in college and he got drafted to the NFL and it was like, maybe he's going to be really good in the NFL and he wasn't. And so he is considered a failure. It's a brutal assessment scheme. It's like, you know. Some people, like, there's, it's a big thing in American sports and specifically American football is, like, busts, you know? Like, someone could have been the best in college for four years, but it's, like, it's all natural oh, ability. They don't have any work ethic or whatever, and they yeah. get drafted, and, you know, the the step-up's too great for them and the pressure and all that. It's kind of crazy. So it's, there's a guy called Johnny Manziel who's a fascinating case study. I think he's got a documentary on Netflix, which is about exactly this phenomenon. Anyway, getting into the information that we don't use every day. Zachary Ty Bryan, best known for playing Brad Taylor on Home Improvement, also for playing 
whoever the fuck his name is at the start of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. They do not name him. I'm clay. confident. Fuck. Uh, he looks like a clay. In 2007, so the year after this, he married Carly Matros, who he met while attending La Canada High School. They have twin girls born in 2014. That's French for the Canada. Oh, wow. Thanks. It's actually got like a, a, a Spanish-style thing over the end, so it <laughs> might be Spanish. Uh, they can, had four... Can, canada? canada? They had four kids, and then they got divorced in 2020. And then in 2020, he started getting into misdemeanors, and he was brought, he was born on these trumped-up charges, several charges. You're not his lawyer. You told me. That you read what's in the wiki. Don't, felony, you, don't give it the old... Felony strangulation, misdemeanor charges of fourth-degree assault and interfering with making a police report. That's terrible. Yeah. Those aren't misdemeanors. So in 2021, he pleaded guilty to two of the charges while six others were dismissed. Then, in, then after that, so in 2021, that happened. Then in November 2021, he was engaged to model Johnny Fay. They had a daughter in 2021, and then in November 2022, they had twins. So that's seven kids. Seven kids. Seven kids. And then in June 2023, the Hollywood Reporter revealed that Brian was accused of running a fraudulent agriculture technology startup scheme. This feels very much in Timbat's wheelhouse. (laughs) It sounds amazing. So this is, I don't understand the particulars, Four sources told the publication the scheme involved them giving Brian individual payment amounts ranging from five to $25,000 in exchange for fake contracts, which actually had no value. The amount of money Brian earned from the scheme is said to have totaled close to $50,000. This is a low rent yeah. scheme. The, yeah, that's what like, gets me. If you're going to be a crook, do it for more money but that's that's only that's only the wiki so if i click on the link which is the 14th sort of in the bibliography oh yeah okay okay uh the headline in the hollywood reporter from a story published june 2022 2023 it's recent home improvement star zachary ty Bryan amassed a bitcoin fortune whoa then spiraled him a domestic violence arrest allegations of fraud pretty much everyone involved with like publicly having a Bitcoin holding. Wow. Huge red flag. This is a big article. Uh, the 41-year-old seemed to have avoided the pitfalls of child stardom. Then he torched all aspects of his life. How did it all go so wrong? Friends, family, TV dad, Tim Allen, and Brian himself talked to the Hollywood Reporter to detail his fall. What? Why? I was just thinking about that. Tim Allen, anyone involved in home improvement, you're together for a project for about 10 years, a long time ago. They're your colleagues. And then what happened is it was so public. You were in people's homes presenting yourself as the picture of a family for so long. Everyone gets this warped idea in their yeah. heads that you're all intimately connected. And then you just go about your lives after that work ends. Mm-hmm. But there's this expectation from the Hollywood reporter that Tim Allen needs to be giving a comment on what Zachary... Well, I mean, no, but you would, you would feel a sense of responsibility. To? It was Tim Allen's sitcom. He created it. He created the work environment. That's true. That is there a is pretty unique, yeah, situation. A paternal sense of responsibility. And these guys were playing as kids. You know, they were they they were like they were kids playing as kids. I guess two hundred episodes. You know, yeah. there is a a certain not necessarily duty of care, but you would be interested to know what his perspective is. I mean, like if you want to hear a success story, though, the youngest kid on the show, Marcus, do you reckon Tim, you reckon Tim Allen was like? If, seriously, if you want to be making some real money, don't have a fraudulent scheme involving an agriculture company that Get doesn't into exist. Cocaine. Get into cocaine, and you got to shift it at the airport because no one ever thinks 
to yeah. do the deal there. Well, what about this? The youngest kid from the show, Mark. So he played he played Mark Taylor. The What's actor's called Taron Noah Smith. Now here's a guy who um, finished the so when he was 18 because he was a child star. Yes, he gained control of his 1.5 million dollar trust fund, and he accuses which he accuses parents of squandering by purchasing themselves a mansion. And then years later in 2015, his mother said, "Of course we didn't touch his money. It was in a trust fund. We wouldn't want hit." We couldn't have touched it if we wanted to. Yeah, how the fuck do you rip someone off when it's in a trust fund? They were for trying them? to get it when he was seventeen, and we were trying to protect it. Luckily, who's the, they? I guess his management. Oh, or shit. or the the son. Uh, anyway, they couldn't get it, and then later on, um, our guy Taryn said, "I'd gotten out of the teenage phase and realized my parents weren't doing anything wrong. They were trying to protect me." In two thousand one, he was quoted as saying, "I started home improvement when I was seven, and the show when I was 16. I never had the chance to decide what I wanted to do with my life. When I was 16, I knew that I didn't want to act anymore. Then when he was 17, yeah. the year after he finished, he married Heidi Van Pelt on the 27th of April, 2001. Great The name. marriage sparked much controversy due to the couple's age difference as Van Pelt was 16 years older. Jesus. 33 years old. Twice, Imagine a, a twice his age. a 33-year-old woman marrying a 17-year-old who want to marry a 17-year-old boy? Somebody who wants part of a $1.5 million trust fund that's going to well, unlock I mean, in a year. Took her a while. To, I don't know. I don't talk about the divorce, but they got divorced in 2007. So that's six years. Like, it's a long time. You know, When they get out of that, he's 23. Yeah. She's basically 40. Yeah. That's a more traditional age gap. But I guess what they've gone through to get there, it didn't Wait, work. did you say 23 and 40? Yeah. Like 23 is so much older than 17, you know. Yeah, it is. And like 39 or 40s, it's numerically older, but it's not that much older than 33. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, in 2005, Smith and Van Pelt, his then wife, formed a California-based non-dairy cheese manufacturing restaurant, Play Food, specializing in vegan and organic foods. Legend. And in 2014, he volunteered doing disaster relief with Communitaire in the Philippines. And then he's also the technical manager for the Community Submersibles Project, where he teaches people how to pilot submarines. And then... <laughs> when did he learn that? In July 2022, he joined SpaceX as an integration <laughs> technician. This guy's... This guy fucks. He's gone the other way completely. And then that, the, that reads to me, that CV reads to me like a guy who does have some Bitcoin, though, as well. Yeah. Or more specifically, Ethereum, I reckon. So, but th then he's got his head screwed on, right? These guys were kind of the they were they were stars. Yeah, it was a big of a sitcom. sitcom but Jonathan but Taylor Thomas was the star. JTT was Simba. So while home this was a big deal. While Home Improvement was running, that's right. He was the voice of Simba and the Lion King, and he also did Pinocchio. He was an absolute heartthrob. I remember this so vividly as a child that he he was he was Leonardo DiCaprio before Leonardo DiCaprio was Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. We just had JTT. He, he was, in a way. Floppy hair, and he, shiny floppy hair, he, beautiful smile. He shied away from the public. I remember afterwards, he went to Harvard University. God bless him. What was he studying? I don't even know. What was the situation inside of the home improvement set that led to these big lives for these child actors? It's just, it's a, it's a um, I imagine they fostered a pretty good vibe. And, you know, it's difficult to be a child star. Maybe it's like you they achieve so much from such a young age that it does instill that belief in you that anything is possible. Well, you know, I could teach people how to pilot submarines yeah. or defraud people for tens of thousands of dollars. Or 
go but, to Harvard University. Yeah, anything, anything is possible. Anything is possible. I just think, you know, the theory you get enshrined, you, the age at which you become famous yeah. is the mental age that is enshrined in you. Oh, is that a thing? You make that up. I don't know if it's... I th- I've thought it for a long time. I it's think, brilliant. I assume it's a thing. So I think it's difficult. You know, like you look at... It's dif- It's just difficult. You get trapped in ember. Yeah. Amber. Yeah. Your personality does from when you shot up. And you're, Is like, that why Leo keeps dating 23-year-olds? Because he's actually 15. So actually... <laughs> They're the ones who are problematic. Yeah, yeah, everyone take it easy on Leo. <laughs> um, okay, listen. We're going to start wrapping it up. Okay. So here's what I want to say about this watch of Tokyo Drift. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it's a cool movie. It's and time, it's worth watching. Time to say goodbye. Absolutely. This, is, worth this, watching. Is, this might be historic in the worst idea of all time canon. Because watch this movie. Tokyo Drift is great. It's a fun movie. I'd recommend... Would I watch it for a year? It'd probably get annoying after the first, smoke, I think, 10. Smoke a little pot. Get together with a friend. Just enjoy it. Rip a scab off a cold one yeah. and check out this beautiful Justin Lin flick. I'm giving four out of five stars today, right on. mate. It's gone down for me. Like last time was sort of... How many quarter miles would you give it out of... Oh, this is hard. I give it a... Um, I give it a... I mean, what fraction I, of a quarter mile do you get? Three give quarters it? of a quarter mile. That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, no, three fifths of a quarter mile. Three fifths of a quarter mile. Out of 10. Folks, make sure you join us for the live show that's happening on December 15th, either in person at the Hollywood Avondale if you're going to be in Auckland, or if you're not and you have an internet connection, join us via the Substack because yeah. we're going to live stream it. If you're in Auckland, obviously you get the live podcast, but I think as significantly before that, you get the live movie. You get yeah. to watch the actual Fast and the Furious where it all began on the silver screen in the company of like-minded people, those you love. At potentially the best cinema in New Zealand. Yeah. Like this is going to be a real experience. Stunning. So, yeah. Stunning. I've seen some great movies there. What did you, oh, you seen, saw Heat. I saw Heat there. That's right. I don't remember what else. Well, well guys, guys thinking, you go and buy a ticket or... Um, join our Substack, and also I've started a seven-day free trial thing on the Substack. So get in there on the time what right. Are, what are we saying? Ninth. Yeah. Start your seven-day free trial. See the live stream, and then say love you. Or yeah. give us some money. Yeah. Up yeah. to you. Some will forget. Some will forget. That's the system. Some. That's will what forget. we're banking on. That's. I mean, that's like literally the economic model that every streamer. That's is what running. we're in now. I'm sorry, the fellas have had to join. Some will forget. Some will forget. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.